Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 23. I want to talk to you about regret. So personally for me, my goal is to live a life without regret. And um, when I reflect back on my 38 and a bit years, it's kind of so far so good because I can really only think of two things that I do regret. One of them is a little bit lame. Um, So I reckon that's a pretty good strike rate and we will actually, I'm sure we'll get to those two things later. There's a little teaser for you, listeners. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) But Brooke... Do you think it is actually possible to live a life without regret or with very, very minimal regret or am I just kidding myself? No, I think it's absolutely possible. I don't think it's possible to to live life without regret unless like we're sociopathic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's possible to live with very minimal regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Um, Yeah, I do. I think it's it's possible and it's something to aim for, but I'm by no means at that point. Like I have many regrets and this is, this is going to be a really interesting conversation actually, because I've, the last couple of years I've spent time thinking about the things that I genuinely regret, those ones that I just can't let go. And of those, there are very few, which I think is again, like you, a pretty good strike rate. Um, yes. and care to share any of those? I mean, yeah, it's, it's again just putting Brooke on the spot here. We haven't actually talked about this, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I do get like ready doing. and settle in for some pretty <laughs> heavy uh, regret sharing. No, um, I my biggest regrets are almost solely about how I've treated other people. Mm-hmm. or how I have allowed other people to treat me. And I've been thinking about this a bit. And I think they're both quite similar because typically they're about inaction or, um, you know, even an inability in some instances to stand up for myself or for someone else or for what I know was right. You know, it was an inability to sometimes take the more difficult, uncomfortable path. That's really interesting that you say that. I'm just cut you off there for a sec because most regrets come from, you know, this feeling that we've made poor decisions. Um, But what you just said there where in in action might seem like it's putting off a decision, but inaction in itself is a decision, isn't it? It is. It's a choice to do something or do nothing. It's still a choice. And yeah. sometimes I think the right the right choice is to do nothing. Uh, I've, I've made a, a handful of notes and sometimes I think we can regret a decision that's made in haste. Yep. And in those situations where a decision feels too hard, I think we've spoken about this before, it's just we've got to push and kind of shove things into to spaces that don't quite fit, then sometimes I think the best course of action for that that time for that decision is to not push it. So that is a choice of inaction. But there's a really fine line then between, (laughs) you know, inaction for the time being because my gut is saying that it's not the right time and then inaction because my gut is saying that, oh, it'd be really uncomfortable to make a choice and, you know, not fun or unpleasant even to make a choice. So there's a really fine line, I think, between inaction 
in an intentional kind of way saying now is not the time to make this choice and then inaction in the face of discomfort. So yeah, I and, think- then, and then I think the fine line there is honesty with ourselves, isn't it, which is something we've kind of we've unpacked on a previous episode and we've, you know, we've admitted how hard being honest with ourselves is and I think these kind of situations where we're trying to go, yeah, is my inaction in- intentional or is it just because I just don't want to deal with the discomfort of making this, this, the decision that that's a situation where we really, really need to be honest with ourselves but we find it really hard. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, and, and like, that's, that's not something I think that you can be taught. That's something that you need to pay attention to and learn to be honest with yourself and learn to understand the difference between like a gut instinct that needs mm. to be followed uh, and then, a, a, you know, a gut instinct of remaining safe and comfortable but also remaining in the same place. So when it comes to regrets, yeah, I, I think it's they typically fall into one of those two categories. The way I've treated somebody, which almost always, looking back, I knew that that was the wrong way to treat someone. In my gut, I'm thinking, you know, subconsciously, this is this goes against my values. This is not how mm. I would want to think that I treat someone. And it could be in the heat of the moment. You know, we all have days where we snap at somebody completely unfairly. And I always feel like a right jerk after that. And like, that's the sort of thing that, uh, you know, I, I know immediately afterwards that it was something that I'll regret doing and I'll carry that around and I'll feel like just such a horrible person. And it's that... <laughs> that inability in the moment to tap into and change our, our behavior based on that little voice going, hang on, like, it's probably not, you know, the barista's fault that you're having a shit morning. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, we, we have to bring a little bit of kindness to ourselves into the equation here because there are those regrets that, you know, those things that happen in the moment and you walk away and you go, oh, I cannot believe I did that. I was, that was pretty average of me. Yep. And then you can kind of then use that to tell yourself that you're an awful person not you specifically I'm just talking generally now or we can go right that's that was an in the moment kind of thing I'm not that person every day or all the time so I just got to you know leave that one there and go that was a bad moment and a bad day and I just need to be more and you know what can I do going forward to try and make sure those things don't happen again which is you know create a bit more space in your life or reduce stress I also oh, think for me a big healing part is actually owning up to the fact that I might have been a dick. Like <laughs> I, I've quite no, – not regularly because I don't make it a regular habit of being rude to people, but <laughs> if I've snapped at someone or I've had a bad day or I've just been unfairly harsh to anyone, like my kids, Ben, friends, I will try – to come back and own up to it and say I was wrong and I'm sorry. Like I'm yeah. You don't you might not remember this, but I was really <laughs> yesterday and I just wanted to say sorry. And like that makes me feel like an idiot, but it also is completely healing. Anytime I've done that, anytime I've owned up to the fact that I behaved poorly and didn't need to, you know, uh and I've I've come and I've tried to make amends, even if it's not received well, that's okay. Because I, like you said, that's where the kindness comes into it. Like choose to do something about it. I'm not just doing it to appease my guilty conscience. I'm doing it because I genuine, genuinely want to make amends. Uh, and and I find that really healing. And that to me applies for 
both small and larger things that I regret. And I guess that's showing how like regret can actually be quite a useful thing. Like it's not like, again, my way of dealing with most things in life is to kind of put them in a box and not deal with them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and I I'm now here thinking, I wonder if that's why I think I don't have a lot of regrets is maybe not so much because I literally don't regret that much or whether it's because I take things that I should regret and I just don't deal with them. But Or maybe you're a much nicer person than me. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just don't do things, you know, maybe I'm just nice people and don't need to regret being mean to them. That's no. exactly right, not like me. Do you know what? That, my thing is, and I, I, this is something I do regret, I, um, I'm i very nice to pretty much every single person in the world, but I, like, say I won't be nice to my mum. Mm. Like, there's this one person in the world, and it is because, like, hopefully mum's not going to listen to this podcast. I don't think she does. Um, it's because mum can be annoying and she's a really easy target. So she... Um, she does all our books at work for our business, which is something I have got no interest in beyond the bottom line. So like she does these really involved reports and she's really anal and she wants to know fine details about all this stuff. So generally whenever she is calling me or wanting to talk to me, it's about something related to that or it's something related to fine details, which I just don't have any interest in even in greater life. Um, so poor mum cops it from me because if I'm tired or grumpy I'll be um, quite reasonable and measured with every single other person I'll come in contact to with over the course of the day but not mum and so I kind of that is something I do regret because like my mum's not going to be around forever she's a good person she loves me I'm lucky to have her and this is yeah so that's something I do think about a lot is Mm. yeah instead of you know, I should probably be mean to the barista who I would see like once a you know, blue moon and be nicer to my mum. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's human nature and it's, uh, you know, we, we so often put a, a face on for the outside world even yeah. if we're struggling and we're really feeling like we're going under and the people who know us best and the people who are closest and the people that we can be ourselves with cop it. And yeah. For better or for worse, you know, I think we need to feel safe with someone in order to let that facade crumble and, you know, it's an unfortunate byproduct of that sometimes (laughs) that that means that we're really awful to the people who mean the most to us. Yeah, well, that's it. I'm so comfortable with you. I can be my worst self with you and you should feel (laughs) honoured. Dear mum. <laughs> you know yes. all those times that I was horrible. That's because I love you so much. Emma, I must love you more than anyone else in the world because you are the one that cops it more than anyone else in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not cool. And, um, and I, it is what I do find is a lack of space in my life is what leads to those little situational momentary regrets mm-hmm. of, oh, can't believe I spoke to that person in that way. Or I can't believe I lowered my colours. It's effectively like, yeah, I hold myself to a certain standard of behaviour and then when I let that lapse um, where I let kind of someone provoke me into saying something I ordinarily wouldn't or um, 
those little I have those little minute momentary regrets yeah. and they only ever happen when I'm just completely under the pump and don't have you know space to just be and I and it's and it is poor decision making because I guess like this is the thing most regrets do come from poor decision making either in the moment or you know, in the long term. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, yeah, I think I've made a note in my notes that it's those impulsive decisions I find that tend to lead to the most regrets. So it's the impulsive decision in the moment of you snapping at someone because they're there and you're not, you're not going to see them again for a month. So it's easy. Um, but it's also those impulsive decisions of I'm so tired, I'm so under the pump, I, I'm just drowning here. So I'm just going to make the easy decision. Yeah. in this situation that's what I find it's usually those when you're tired and you make the easy decisions kind of things that most lead to those longer term life affecting kind of regrets yeah yeah and I mean I'm I think that going back to what I was saying before when those those big life-changing decisions like we Ben and I like since we've known each other really we've never forced one so we've never made an impulsive one that we first of all that we regret um but we've also never made an like an impulsive one when the time wasn't right and i think in any any situation it's those impulses like for example i might get a snipey email from somebody and my first reaction would be to write like a thousand word long email outlining why that was either uncalled for or incorrect, you know, and defensive and like I get defensive and I've learned very quickly that like that's, that is an impulse. I don't need to ever <laughs> kind of indulge. exactly ever indulge in and I'll sleep on it and I'll either decide to write something like a lot more even handed or I'll resolve to not do anything at all. And both of those are perfectly fine. And it's only ever if I respond impulsively to those kind of things, particularly provoking sorts of situations that I've regretted. Yeah. You almost certainly, if I give it even just 10 seconds or 10 deep breaths, something like that, my immediate reaction becomes almost quite like almost instantly obviously a terrible decision (laughs) yeah you know I find you're right like it's it's that ability to just have that space even if it's only 10 breaths even if it's only a minute even if it's only kind of closing your eyes and clenching your fists for 30 seconds and yeah almost always our impulses drop and our you know our hackles drop and we, we we're not going to do something we regret if we give ourselves that space. So, which is like a perfect example of how having space and learning to just be and, you know, giving ourselves that, that margin, that buffer makes living life, you know, a more positive thing in general, because not because things don't annoy us or not because, you know, people aren't rude or we, you know, we have difficult decisions that we need to make, but because we've just got that little bit of extra time to process it before stepping in and, and making a choice. And once I've done it, inten- like made it, made a decision intentionally, I don't think I've regretted a single intentional decision yeah. I've ever made because I've made the choice based on the information I had at hand at the time. And you know what? The next day something else might come to light that would have made a, a different decision. I can't regret the decision that I made. 
And I think that once you own that and you understand that, sure, you could sell your house in today's market and make X number of dollars. Had you known that in 12 months' time the same house would have gotten you X plus Y, then that would have been a different decision. But you didn't know. So it doesn't matter. You know, that's not the decision. You can't regret a decision based on stuff you didn't know. Yeah, that's right. And I think I I actually wrote about this in my first book, um, Your Best Year Ever, because I talk about um, decision-making and how we're always trying to make decisions that squeeze the very most Mm. out of every situation when, in fact, quite often we're making decisions between two things because we're kind of trying to maximise our future happiness. We're like if we buy this house or if we wait five months, maybe we'll come over, come up across a much better house and so you're trying to decide between you know a good house and a slightly gooder house like it's you know both houses will make you happy kind of thing and so this is you know I I always come back to this when I'm trying to make decisions so as you just said like you can only make a decision based on the information you have at any given time so if you've made a decision and like you said if you've been intentional about it and you've given it you know due consideration and you've gone you've gone this is what we're going to do then yeah there's just no point looking back in a year's time and going if only we'd known this and if only we'd know that because you didn't know those things so there's no point regretting the fact that you didn't know something that's just going that is a a great recipe for a really really unhappy life and and discontentment as well yeah absolutely and so that's why um yeah, when I was kind of looking for, you know, have you you've heard that um that Bonnie Ware top yes. five regrets of the dying? I think we've all seen that. Um, and I remember her saying, um, you know, there's some obvious ones. The, there's the regret of people saying, "I wish I hadn't worked so hard." Um, which sometimes I kind of go, "Well, that's an easy regret to have looking back over your entire life." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe it's one of those situations where looking, you know, you might be working 80 hours a week and you never see your kids. And so therefore that's a decision that, but that's the decision you have to make at that time and go, well, as long as I'm working 80 hours a week and there's a light on the horizon that I know that I'm going to do this for two years. And then, you know, in about two years time, I'll be able to dial that back and have that time with my kids that I want then I think that that's a really valid way of doing it. So I think it's so easy. Like these things can be a bit trite. Like it's like, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not what other people expected of me. But I think we've got to be able to go, all right, that's fine and good looking back, but we're not in a situation of looking back at the moment. We're all right in the middle of our lives looking forward. What what can we, yeah, what do you think about that? I think... (laughs) We thought that the, I wish I hadn't worked so hard thing. For me, it's about questioning why. I mean, it's incredibly difficult to put yourself on your deathbed, you know, 85 years yeah. old, whatever it is, God willing. Like um, that it's, it's really tough to do that because the decisions that we make are made for a reason, you know, um, or at least you'd hope that those kind of decisions yeah. are made for a reason. But when someone looks back and says, I wish I hadn't worked so hard, I think it's more for me, this is how I've always thought about it. It's more about what were we working so hard for? Was it for a bigger house? That didn't make us happy. I would have preferred to see my kid's soccer game on Saturday. You know, was it for a newer car? Who cares? We had a car. 
you know? Yeah. Um, but if it was, f- if you worked 80 hours a week to put a roof over your family's head, then I don't feel like that would be something that you would get. You know, if you worked three jobs so you yeah. could feed your, your children, that's, I, I don't imagine, I, I, again, this is completely you know, theoretical, but I don't imagine you'd regret that because you've done something with what you've, you've made from working so hard. But if you're working 80 hours a week and you're making $300,000 a year when you could have had a house and a car and, you know, a family holiday for working less, then like, I think that's where things, things get difficult because people, (laughs) it's a matter of what is valuable to you at the end of your life as well. You know, do I wish that I had have spent more time with my family or am I happy that we had these these additional, you know, things, these additional resources? So for me, it's more about asking why, why, why we're doing it. And I'm big on talking about like our whys anyway. Yeah, but. Well, that's it because it's interesting like, like right now, um, so say we are finishing building a house. Um, it's like this dream house kind of situation we happen it's a funny story actually because we when I was pregnant with Mia like three and a bit years ago um I we'd gotten to a um, stage where we was living in a townhouse tiny we didn't have a backyard Jaden was always playing in the driveway and we kind of rent you know I think it's time to look at the next house, the one that has a backyard or somewhere for the kids to play. Um, and we we did a lot of looking around. It was not a lot, you know, we were looking at spending a lot of money for houses that weren't perfect. Um, in the end, we did find one. We had put an offer on it and then um, <clears throat> the um, the offer didn't go through. They, they wanted more than we were willing to pay. And and so, and then shortly after finding, you know, after not that go, not going through, we found this block that we are now building on, which is just, you know, in an amazing area near great schools. It's in a cul-de-sac. It's near the beach. It's, it just ticks all the boxes for us. And it's just like crazy, crazy thing, it, the right size block. Um, we are effectively building our dream house on it. And, but the cost of building that means that, you know, we are, you know, we are borrowing up to our as much as we can afford and it's it involves financial pressure. And so I keep having these moments in this, you know, the, the whole building process where I've gone, oh, my God, like was this the right thing to do? You know, we already had a perfectly good house. Yeah, it wasn't the dream house but maybe we should have waited. And, and so I keep coming. So I found these five tips for making good decisions to avoid regret later on. And so I kind of ran my, we decided to build a giant expensive house um, decision through those filters. And it was quite interesting um, process to go through. So, you know, number one was face the truth bravely and say it's people sometimes flee from the truth because it's scary or unpleasant. Um, and instead of making good decisions based on the reality of a situation, people procrastinate hard or delay taking real action. And so this would take us right back to the, you know, the first, when, when we first made the decision, when we first made the decision, it, we knew it was a good decision. We were um, very financially stable. We certainly could afford what to do what we wanted to do. And we kind of did it with the intent that this is it. Like we're never building or moving ever again until kids are out of school. Uh, so that's and that's number two as well in the five tips for making good decisions is look at the long term 
because it's easy to make quick decisions that seem to work in the short term. And it's funny because at that time I was pregnant, when we found this block, Mia was six weeks away from being born and I was just like, oh, my God, like this is such a bad time (laughs) to be doing this. But, you know, we had been looking, we were kind of like we – we had a lot of information and from all the information that we knew, we knew that we couldn't walk away from this block because we knew that we would never find anything like it again. So, you know, while the easier thing to do at that point in time was to go, no way, no how, like we have to sell our house before we can buy this block, there's a baby six weeks away, not going to happen. But because of all the information we had at the time and because we were looking at the long term, we were able to go, okay, this is crazy what we are doing here. Like in 12 days, we prepared our house for sale, put it on the market, sold it. Whoa. It was insane. Um, So I've got this giant belly and, you know, kind of cleaning houses and beautifying and doing, you know, cleaning fly screens and trying and ants trying to stop me going up ladders and stuff. It was, (laughs) it was, it was inappropriate, but, you know, and people were just looking at us going, what are you doing? Um, We were like, but we just knew from a long-term point of view, it was a good decision. And then number three in this tips for making good decisions is do a value tally because the decisions we most regret are usually those that don't match up with what we value. And here's the thing. So part of me was going, you don't need this big house, this big, beautiful house. Why do you need this? And the other part of me was like, hang on a minute, what do you value most in the world? Like you love being at home. Like home is your castle. It's that place. And while yes, anywhere can be at home, like I home is it for me home is everything so while it was like yeah sorry you were you were you're clear on your value like you've you know like you ask you that question a hundred times and your answer will be the same like that's something that you obviously hold really close to the the core of what you value and yeah yeah sorry and I say well no because I was gonna say you know if if I was someone that greatly valued traveling like say building this massive house means that, you know, we're not going to be doing any big, massive, expensive traveling trips for a very long time. Um, But I don't value travel as much as I value being at home and loving being at home and the lifestyle that this house is going to give us as well. So we really valued this um, very present for our family kind of lifestyle thing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so and then number four was, you know, what's at stake? You know, good decisions are those which give us benefits without losing us anything important. And um, there's like kind of two little stars next to that going, <laughs> not always possible. Um, but, again, you're making the information that you have at the time and when we made that, inf- you know, made that decision at the time, yeah, everything's stacked up. And even now when I start getting a little bit anxious about money and, oh, gosh, you know, can we really afford to be doing what we're doing here, then I go to the figures and I go to, like, my spreadsheets and I go, yes, you know, it all still stacks up, Kelly, just chill. Um, and then interestingly, number five, given what we were talking about before, was do the deathbed test, So, which I do think is quite useful because, okay, I don't want to, you know, I don't like that idea of being in your deathbed and reflecting back and going, oh, I should have done this, 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 and this when, you know, the decisions that you made at the time were looking forward, not back. But, and I think you kind of might do this in some of your workshops or do an equivalent of this in some of your workshops where you kind of get people to project ahead 
and look back on now and mm. decide like is this thing that I'm doing or this way that I'm living or this lifestyle that I have, is it kind of taking me somewhere that I want to go? Yeah, exactly. We, uh, we, we do that in our workshops. We'll, I mean I, I came to the, to the exercise as a eulogy but that can be yeah. really confronting for people, which <laughs> yeah. is perfectly understandable. So, you know, if you can couch it in the idea of your legacy, like what do you want to leave behind? And really quickly you realize that the little things that we might stress about, the, the little issues, they don't factor in at all. And then you really very, very quickly see what the big, the big foundational things are in your life. And they're different for everybody. You know, that's why I just don't think that there is a right or wrong answer or right or wrong decision in in any of these kind of situations because when you're making it intentionally and in alignment with what's important and that's what that exercise does, it really helps you solidify what's important. You know, I ended up writing three sentences that still form, form the basis of many decisions that we're making now and it's been one of the most instructional, inspiring motivational and terrifying things that I've ever done because <laughs> you know, because it's it's like you're thinking in the future but you, you're imagining an entire life and I know it can be quite overwhelming for people to think about all the decisions that will lead to that and that's yep. not necessarily what I, I kind of suggest that we do but that's it really helps to lay that foundation of three or four or five things that you hold dear now or that you want to look back and see that you lived a life holding dear and I think they can really help as well yeah yeah to to kind of formulate those you know those values and then and then use that as a compass from which you can make your your decisions and choose your direction and you kind of head slowly and gradually and meanderingly down that that path that's leading to the place that you would like to to kind of be able to look back from and um yeah i think i mean uh, yeah i think that there is there is just there's no looking at your situation like you 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 guys did the hard work at the beginning like you you thought it through you knew that it was right you knew the like the values and the lifestyle and stuff that you were looking to create a life around and you made the decision and like the stuff in the in the middle is tough because you've made the decision and now you're working towards it and all these things come at you. And yeah. You go, well, is that, is it still right? And because you've made a strong choice and you took the time and you're intentional and really honest about it, it's still the right decision. It can be tough when, you know, you're getting all this outside kind of influence and changes and, you know, you're thinking about things differently and stuff shifts and it's still the right answer because that's the one that you made at the time. Yeah, I think lifestyle is a big thing. I think if we look, you know, look to the lifestyle, and I do, I do this a bit where I kind of look ahead five years and I go, what do I want my days to look like? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? What? Are, and then, you know, I did this probably about six months ago where I went right. Well, you know, I want to, I want to wake up in the morning, um, go, you know, and have that time for myself to go out, you know, exercise and write. And then I want to be able to, you know, the kids get up and I can walk walk them to school and. You know, and then once I get home from walking them to school, I've got like the school day to just write. I just want to be a writer and um, write for people. That's it, it, essentially it. And you know, and I want to be able to do it within those school hours, so that when the kids come home from school, we have that time together where they're doing their homework and I'm there and present for them. And I, in my 
the perfect day and gets home around 4, 4.30 so that we are, you know, have these kind of three-ish hours as a family in the afternoon together to go and do it, you know, whatever we want. And so all these, all my envisioning of like how I want my life to look like is in this house, like, you know, so it's yeah. all pictured in this house. I can see how this house is going to support this lifestyle. Like other houses would do the same thing, would support the lifestyle. And I guess that's the other thing, like I've got choices. So if we get to a situation where we realise, oh, my God, like we are working so hard to pay for this house, is this a worthwhile thing to be doing with our time and is it worth the stress and, you know, et cetera. And either it is or it isn't. That's right. And yeah, and then at that time we make that decision. Like we've got we you and these are the things. I think this is what people um, rather than trying to make every decision to avoid future regret or to uh, maximize happiness, just look at just take those moments in time and see them for what they are. So they're kind of little touch points where you kind of check in with your decision. And I think the important thing that we all need to remember is we've all got so many more choices than we think you know so like say we got to a point where like it was just too much pressure and too much money had to be made to pay for the house like we wouldn't want to do it but you can sell the house you know that's a choice that Mm -hmm. you have to make um or that you can make the choice to keep working or choice to work harder or like there's we have all so many more choices but what happens is other people's expectations come into it and we start <laughs> we start making our decisions based on oh gosh if we sold the house what would people think they would you know like yeah who we cares? Na- we narrow the scope of our options when we start to think on other people's like agendas and um that's that's a really good point actually because i think when you're talking big decisions like this not you know your your everyday conversations and stuff like that but big big decisions there's a couple of things i think that are like that are important to acknowledge as well sometimes it takes time to uncover the validation that it was in fact the right decision like you know yeah. what i mean you guys so you guys are in this transition period between having made the decision now you're doing all the work and then you'll actually get to enjoy the result of the decision you know three or four years later so there's like that period of time where things can come at you and you can you can start to second guess yourself but sometimes it just takes time to to uncover that you know especially Um, so much can change in that time so these things that take a while to come to fruition it's I mean a bit the same with you guys you've started your company yeah um, and it's going to take a while for, you know, so you've started it, but then for those things to come to fruition, for you to hit the goals that you need to hit to, I guess, make it a worthwhile thing for you to be doing. And then so there's going to be heaps of time in the next few years where you're going, whoa, was, you know, where are we at? It's not so much did we make the right decision in starting this. It's you've got to bring it forward. You've got to go, right, well, we started it and we've been enjoying it, but is this still the right thing to do? Or do we need to go in a different direction or do we need to pivot? Like, And I think that's the thing. Like, So like, rather than me or you jumping back to the start and going, oh, was that the right decision we made all the way back then? Like I think that's a key thing is to go, you can't regret that decision. Exactly. You made it with that information you had at the time. Like where we are right here and right now, this is another point in time. This is where we get to influence our future um, one way or another. And and I think that's a good way to go about it is not to try and control the future by looking way back into the past. Exactly. It, it's, and- it is that being in the moment of going, right, we've reached this point in time where we're, 
where we have to make a decision or where we have to decide to go in one direction or another. And that's such, I think there's such power in that. There's such, we have so much control over our futures and it's so exciting. And I think it's a real shame when we try to, you know, when we look back with regret rather than looking forward with excitement. Yeah. And I think um, when we try and see the whole picture as well, we can be afraid to try. Yes. And I think that to me would be one of my biggest regrets is to have thought about but not tried, you know, starting a business, moving to another place, buying a new house, building a home, like whatever it is. I think that my biggest regrets looking back are that I, I, I was too afraid to try. Not that I try and fail, but that I try, that I don't try at all. And I wake up and I'm 85. I'm like, well, it's too late. But seriously, like as we were talking, I'm like, I don't, you know what? I don't regret any of these decisions at all that I've made. I, re- I genuinely don't. I regret how I've treated yeah. people and allowed people to, but not these big life-changing decisions. And even if it turns out to be an absolute shit show, I don't regret trying. I no, will regret not it. trying. Like I would, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that regard. Like it's, I would, and this is why I'm, I'm kind of this never die wondering kind of person because I would much, much rather have tried something and failed so that I can knock it off my list than be looking back and going, I wonder what would have happened if I'd done that exactly. thing. Like, I just can't even deal with that. I wonder what would have happened. Nope. No, and that's what drives me. That's one of my biggest motivating factors is I wonder what would happen and then actually doing it and seeing what would happen. Like I yeah. just do not want to get to 85 and go, if only, if only we had have been ballsier when we were 35. Yeah. If exactly. only, if only, if only, you know, and like, look, it might, it might be a disaster. So what? It's a story. It's growth. It's change. It's expansion. And at the end of the day, none of us are going to be out on the street. Exactly. If we fail, like, and I mean, that's a nice and that's all, that's to all have. that's relativity <laughs> as well, you know, yeah. pe- people's, like my risk looks different to someone else's risk. Yeah. And that's just a relative thing. And it is nice to be able to say, if this all goes to hell, we won't literally be on the street or we won't die because of this. Um, and I think that's just a matter of balancing risk and stuff and, and personal situations and not comparing and, uh, you know, again, going in, like inwards and questioning and finding what you value rather than looking outwards and, and looking at what other people are doing or what they value and using that as your yardstick that's that's not going to lead to the decisions that kind of align for you i don't think definitely thank you for listening to this episode of let it be if you want to connect with kelly or myself you can find us on social media kelly is at kelly exeter on twitter and on facebook if you search for a life less frantic you will find her there and on uh, twitter i'm at brooke mccallery and on facebook i'm at slow your home And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag letitbepod or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what to think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.